0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Total power structure desperation, which is manifesting in many forms, is being fueled by exponentially accelerating global ecological collapse. If you still don't believe that bottom line part of the equation, you will soon. You can quote me on that. How bad is it? The following headline is from a climate science source in the Southern Hemisphere. Here it is. 2022 is going to be the most effed up year. That's F star star KED on planet Earth. Since 66 million years ago, watching the world go by. That's their headline, not mine. Again, we'll get to that shortly. The title refers to the approximate year that the asteroid slammed into the Gulf of Mexico, causing the fifth great extinction on planet Earth. Now we are neck deep in the sixth mass extinction event. But this time, it's happening hundreds of times faster than any previous extinction event on our planet, which makes what we now collectively face unthinkably worse. Stay tuned for more on this report. But first a visual metaphor of the primary point that needs to be understood. Many who listen to this broadcast have heard me compare the human race to the occupants of a car that has crashed through the guardrail and is flying through the air toward the bottom of the abyss, i.e., the Thelma and Louise moment. And even now, the occupants of the car, completely unaware of their dilemma, are arguing over what station to play on the radio. But here's the comparison. Past extinction events... To now, if the car in the Thelma and Louise moment representing past mass extinctions was going 100 miles an hour, the car in this sixth mass extinction is going 100,000 miles an hour. This extinction is occurring hundreds of times faster than any previous event on our planet. We are totally in uncharted territory. Climate engineering operations are further fueling the process. Buckle up. The moment of impact is coming at blinding speed. Now, at this new report from severeweather.eu, weather 2022, new anomalies are growing in the atmosphere and the oceans that will change weather patterns as we head deeper into the year. Question, how can they possibly know when so-called weather forecasters now so often can't get their story straight for the next day? More on this later in the broadcast. As the crash and burn of so-called industrialized, militarized human civilization unfolds and radically accelerates, what will global power structures do? What actions will they take? What actions have they already taken? I'll leave that up to the listener to fill in the blank. On the question of how desperate, diabolical, and dangerous the controllers are at this point, few are willing to take an honest journey down that rabbit hole. Here's another puzzle piece to add. U.S. Army will conduct a two-week guerrilla war training exercise in North Carolina to teach special forces how to overthrow a, quote, illegitimate government, just weeks after the Department of Justice announced new, quote, domestic terrorism units. Question, is this a rehearsal for civil war? This report was published last week by the UK Daily Mail and other sources. Again, Biosphere collapse translates to total controller desperation. Not enough to go around. Law of the jungle. Connect the dots. The UK Daily Mail report continues with this. Young Army soldiers will be battling, quote, seasoned freedom fighters, end quote, across two dozen North Carolina counties in a two-week guerrilla warfare exercise. They then state soldiers will face off against seasoned military members and specially trained civilians during the exercise, which serves as the Special Forces final exam. The Daily Mail report then states citizens, however, are concerned that the exercise encourages soldiers to target civilians. News of the training exercise comes at a tense time in the US, just five days after the country celebrated the first anniversary of the so called capital riot. It also follows the Department of Justice's creation of a new, quote, domestic terrorism unit as the nation faces what officials said is a, quote, elevated threat from domestic violent extremists. That term now seems to be applied to anyone who doesn't go along with the official dictates, doesn't it? How many still remember that the U.S. government, or should I say the organized crime syndicate masquerading as the U.S. government, purchased $2.4 billion with a B with ab rounds of hollow point bullets in 2012 for us agencies like homeland security again i ask who are those bullets meant for about seven for every man woman and child in this country again i ask this question is this unimaginable amount of ammunition part of plan b if plan a doesn't work out as the controllers had hoped this is Dane Wigginton, host of the Commercial Free Global Alert News Hour, a weekly non political report that addresses and connects the most dire and immediate threats that we collectively face. This is installment number 336 of the Bad News Broadcast for January 15th, 2022. The Global Alert News Weekly Report is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. That's G E O Engineering Watch. The largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations. This broadcast is now on the air in numerous AM and FM stations throughout the U.S. in Northern California, Oregon, Washington State, Colorado, Texas, Florida, Alabama, Ohio, New York, and most recently on the West Coast, Sacramento, San Francisco, and San Diego. This weekly on-air broadcast is posted at geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent radio and top stories sections. If you wish to share your thoughts and perspectives on climate engineering and the other converging catastrophes that are closing in on us all, join us on the geoengineeringwatch.org website. My most sincere gratitude to those that have helped geoengineeringwatch.org to expand our desperate efforts to sound the alarm. And In regard to sounding the alarm about the atrocities taking place in our skies, please take the time to view and share the groundbreaking GeoEngineeringWatch.org documentary, The Dimming, which can be viewed for free on the homepage of GeoEngineeringWatch.org. Let's cover some headlines from COVID-19 to climate engineering. And as we do keep this constantly in mind, global ecological collapse is fueling Total power structure desperation. Can anyone rationally argue this? The controllers, all their agencies, and all the corporate media sources that carry out their bidding and their narrative are doing their absolute best to demonize and dehumanize anyone that dares to stand against their narratives, their dictates, and even those that tried to comply at potentially devastating cost soon find that the rules are changed at the will of the controllers. On that note, this recent report from multiple sources. Austria demotes some 3.8 million double-jabbed to, quote, unvaccinated. From that report, the Austrian government recently announced that the validity of the green passport has been reduced to six months. This also means that all people who have had their, quote, full vaccination for the last six months will be regulated to an inferior civil status status and become the, quote, unvaccinated. So much for the, quote, do what you're told and your life will go back to normal. Right. But it gets even worse. New large-scale data study of 145 countries show COVID vaccines are actually increasing CV-19 cases and deaths. Study title. Worldwide Bayesian Causal Impact Analysis of Vaccine Administration on Deaths and Cases Associated with COVID-19. The study found that the COVID vaccines cause more COVID cases per million. The study cites a statistical increase of 38% more in the U.S. and more deaths per million associated with COVID. The study cites a 31% so far increase in the U.S. The abstract of the study states the following, quote, the statistically significant and overwhelmingly positive, in this case, in this context, the word positive means increasing numbers, of causal impact after vaccine deployment on the dependent variables total deaths and total cases per million should be highly worrisome for policymakers, the study states, and then continues. They, i.e., the statistics, indicate a marked increase in both COVID-19-related cases and deaths per due directly to a vaccine deployment that was originally sold to the public as the, quote, key to gain back our freedom, In quote. The report then says this, These results should encourage local policymakers to make policy decisions based on data, not narrative, and based on local conditions, not global or national mandates. They then state, These results should also encourage policymakers to begin looking for other avenues out of the pandemic aside from mass vaccination campaigns. Summary, we have been and continue to be lied to on a scale that can scarcely be comprehended. Next, this British study finds risk of myocarditis doubles after each mRNA injection. The study analyzed data from over 42 million people 13 and older, who have taken COVID-19 injections. It was conducted by researchers from institutions at the University of Oxford, University of Leicester, University of Edinburgh, King's College, and the University of Nottingham. The study stated... An association between COVID-19 infection and myocarditis was observed in all ages for both sexes, but was substantially higher in those older than 40 years. The myocarditis risk doubled with each successive mRNA injection. The study's abstract further states, these findings have important implications for public health and vaccination policy, end quote. The American Heart Association has released similar studies finding that The overwhelming majority of younger Americans developing myocarditis were injected with an experimental mRNA jab within a month of developing the conditions, as well as a study finding that most patients are at higher risk of heart-related medical issues after an mRNA shot. As already cited, the government is planning to change the definition of fully vaccinated. And further, it is also planning to change terminology. Anthony Fauci said last week at a lecture that, quote, we're using the terminology now, keeping your vaccinations up to date rather than what fully vaccinated means. Changing definitions, changing narratives, altering the story as they go. The carrot that you can never catch up to. That's part of the plan. Increasingly available reports on the entire CV-19 subject that completely refute and overturn now crumbling official narratives can easily be found by any that have the courage to conduct honest and objective investigation. How many actually do have this kind of courage? How many who didn't investigate when they should have are simply continuing to double down on denial? What's done is done. But as we face the gathering storm, whatever mistakes have been made by any of us along the way, so long as we are still standing, it's never too late to correct a compass heading and to march on, no matter what comes and no matter what we face. From Newsweek and other sources, French President Emmanuel Macron says someone who refuses COVID vaccine is, quote, not a citizen, end quote. From that report, Macron has insisted that French people who continue to refuse to get COVID-19 vaccines are not acting like citizens. The French president said he hoped to, quote, hassle those who were, quote, irresponsible enough to refuse vaccines into getting their jabs. A bill that would effectively strip the unvaccinated of the right to participate in most aspects of public life is currently being debated in the French parliament. Is it going to get worse? That question isn't hard to answer. The process is continuing in one direction. That fact is not hard to see for anyone that does not have their eyes wide shut. We must remember history, the unthinkable atrocities, for example, of Rwanda, as a case in point. People do not just get up one day and want to systematically murder their neighbors. Genocide is always preceded by a number of steps, including State-sanctioned discrimination of the would-be target group, a dehumanizing process in which the target group is portrayed as "quote the other" or "quote the enemy," and a culture of impunity. That quote is from Jocelyn Marie Katete, attorney and Rwanda genocide survivor. If you're unfamiliar with what happened there, please investigate. It is shocking beyond comprehension is there a way to prevent psychopaths from getting into positions of power an essay headline from brandon smith and about this question the answer would seem to be no despite a growing resurgence of interest in the science and psychology of narcissistic sociopaths and psychopaths it seems as though society today has lost track of how these people can sabotage the core fabric of a civilization or a nation. It's very easy to hyper-focus on collectivist ideologies as the source of our problems and forget that these ideologies do not function in a vacuum. They cannot wreak havoc by themselves. They need psychopathic people directing them to do real damage. There's something about collectivism that lends itself to projection and hypocrisy. Collectivism is organization by force instead of being voluntary when your political ideology becomes your religion it's easy to turn into a zealot and while zealots find power in their single-mindedness and their cultism they also tend to lack any self-awareness they literally go insane with devotion to their cause to the point that they lose track of whether or not their cause is fair and just their behavior becomes increasingly erratic and disjointed Every individual they encounter that doesn't share their views is immediately seen as a heretic or an enemy that needs to be exposed or destroyed. As long as they don't have any real power, these people act as a reminder of what happens when human beings abandon reason for madness. However, when they do gain power, the atrocities generally begin. Civilizations throughout history have constantly dealt with the problem of zealots, but the greater threat. The existence of narcissists and psychopaths maneuvering into positions of authority and encouraging zealotry among the masses. Generally, psychopaths are seen as an anomaly which is quickly identified and shunned in order to prevent them from climbing too high up the ladder of social influence. The problem is they're not as rare as one might hope, and many of them have the ability to hide among the herd i.e. the population. Approximately 1% of any given population is made up of psychopaths, while another 1% are sociopaths. Around 5% of the people are identified as having narcissistic traits. Narcissists are self-absorbed and view themselves as superior to everyone else. They believe that they're entitled to adoration and authority. Sociopaths have an inability to feel empathy for others. This makes them, at the least, impractical as leaders. Psychopaths also exhibit a lack of empathy, but also have a propensity for emotional and physical violence. They take joy in the suffering of others and perpetrate a large number of violent crimes. There is definitely overlap among the various personality types, but in general, close to 10% of human beings exhibit dangerous and mostly inherent psychological malfunctions that are often not treatable. Think about that for a moment. Ten out of every hundred people are ticking time bombs, waiting to make life miserable for the rest of us. As stated, some of them are still able to function in society. Sociopaths, in particular, can become valuable in fields where less empathy is required in order to accomplish certain tasks. But that doesn't justify their actions, does it? History shows us that vetting and preventing psychologically broken individuals from slipping into institutions that offer power is not easy. In fact, many monarchies and empires were built on systems that allowed psychopaths and narcissists to flourish because they relied on genetic succession. If a monarch had a son that was predisposed to psychopathy, it didn't matter that the crazed prince would one day become a king, and there was little that could be done about it. There was no vetting process. Also, many such traits are passed on genetically, which means a power structure built on heredity could become progressively more destructive as psychopaths and royal intermarry. This would explain why psychopathic behavior is overrepresented among monarchs. And this question, is it any different in the empire of today, in the biggest empire ever in the history of the human race, the U.S. empire, it's no different, and the same types of people reward those who serve their interests. Morality is not a part of the equation. Honor is not a part of the equation. Virtue is not a part of the equation. It's simply a self serving cancer that will continue to do everything in its power to expand until there is nothing left, until the host dies. The corporate world and financial institutions allow psychopaths to influence politics from behind the curtain, buying off candidates and their loyalty, or vetting candidates and only allowing those with similar sociopathic, narcissistic, and psychopathic habits through the selection process and into the political arena. In tribal societies and in smaller, low-tech societies, the ability to identify and root out psychologically broken individuals and prevent them from becoming leaders was easier in the midst of a vast empire and the technology and technocracy that surrounds it, it is much simpler for psychopaths to hide among populations and to blend in. Such individuals are the top threats to any given civilization. They are moderators of chaos and carnage. They actively conspire to supplant free society. They are what could be called primary organized psychopaths, and they do indeed work together For mutual gain, much like a pack of wolves. They represent the 1% of the 1%, i.e., the globalists. Psychopaths at the top of the pyramid have been organized for a very long time. But what about the millions of other people out there with such traits? What happens when they are given a way to congregate? Modern society and big tech social media have created an even worse circumstance because now the greater psychopathic and sociopathic communities are no longer isolated that this one or two percent that used to be mostly regulated to quiet corners and the fringes of humanity are now able to organize into aggressive mobs of hundreds of thousands, leading millions of lesser sociopaths and narcissists. This is creating a subculture, which could be called the communal insanity or the collective insanity. And if only such a collective was limited to the ranks of the personality profiles just described. Unfortunately, the Milgram experiments proved otherwise. For those that are not familiar with the Milgram experiments, the vast majority of the population will willingly participate in the act of inflicting atrocities on innocent civilians if they believe that someone, which they believe is an authority, is telling them to do so. What does all this add up to? We have seen the enemy and he is us. Those in control, those behind the curtain that are pulling the strings, could not do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. Moving on, in regard to the U.S. military, from Newsweek.com, this, COVID deaths in the U.S. military spike in the last four months despite 96% being vaccinated. The Newsweek article then states that, quote, there were the same number of COVID-19 deaths over the past four months in the U.S. military as there had been over the previous 18 months. Again, word for word from Newsweek. About the Bob Sackett death and the factors surrounding it, which I'm not allowed to comment on, we're being told that it's going to take 10 weeks for an autopsy. 10 weeks? Why would that be? Question, how many believe that Organizations like the Alzheimer's Foundation and Cancer Foundations are actually telling us the truth about anything. Since peer-reviewed science study has proven that without aluminum in the equation regarding Alzheimer's, there would be no Alzheimer's in the normal human lifespan of up to 100 years. Apparently that was unwanted news, so the controllers recently fired the world's foremost expert on aluminum toxicity, Dr. Christopher Exley. In fact, the controllers dumped his staff with him. View the groundbreaking geoengineeringwatch.org documentary The Dimming to learn about the now ubiquitous aluminum nanoparticle pollution from climate engineering fallout that's raining down through our breathable air column and which each and every one of us is inhaling with every breath we take. Back to the subject of penalizing those who are still not going along. From many sources, including CBS News, Reuters, and The Guardian, this headline, Quebec plans to hit unvaccinated with a, quote, significant tax From that report, the Quebec government wants to impose a, quote, significant financial penalty on the, quote, small minority of Quebecers who refuse to get vaccinated against COVID-19. So are we to believe that those in power, those with personality types already outlined, are so concerned about populations, i.e. the masses that they know the planet can no longer support, that they want to be sure we all live happily ever after? So populations can keep proliferating and consuming unchecked until the brutal bitter end. Is that the kind of benevolence we should expect from the personality profiles already described? Or is there something else going on? You decide. Let's move on to breaking headlines on biosphere collapse, which is the bottom line to all of it. And as we do so, consider and remember that the controllers know full well that the planet's collapsing life support systems can no longer support the totality of the human population. Thus, this question. What would we, what should we, expect the global power structures to do under such circumstances? You decide. In regard to the unfolding global ecological collapse and the part climate engineering is playing in it, if the public begins to awaken to the subject, just relabel it. Sound familiar? From numerous sources, climate expert states, stop talking about, quote, geoengineering. This report states, the term is a, quote, distraction from crucial research on climate interventions. It continues, the leaders of the world have just returned from the UN's latest climate change summit, COP26, in which the countries that have signed on to the Paris Agreement upped their commitment to fight climate change. No, they didn't. They simply were forced To either actively or passively participate in the climate engineering insanity. But this report continues. Everyone solemnly agreed, again, to follow the science, which has shown in exhaustive detail that humanity will suffer from heat, fire, floods, and droughts if the world warms beyond 1.5 degrees C above pre-industrial levels. Again, will suffer? It's here. It's been here. And we're not going to pass 1.5 degrees C warming above pre-industrial baselines, we are likely already past 3.5 degrees C. And they are masking that fact with data falsification and engineered surface cooldowns in which they will take perhaps 100 cold temperature readings from the same geographic area that if it was record heat, they might take two or three readings, and that skews the data. From every conceivable direction, they are skewing the data and masking the total meltdown of planet Earth. Continuing from this report that... Wants us to stop talking about geoengineering. It states, yet if countries continue on their present course, the world will likely have warmed by 2.7 degrees C by the year 2100. Again, we're there now, today, according to Climate Action Tracker. If they meet all the pledges they've made for emissions reductions by 2030, global temperatures will rise by 2.4 degrees C. Hardly the breakthroughs we need to stay off disaster. This report continues. In light of the situation, there's increasing talk of actions that governments can take beyond reducing greenhouse gas emissions, actions that could either remove existing greenhouse gases from the atmosphere. And hey, how's that going? The largest CO2 vacuum on the planet, the ORCA project, that with an entire year's worth of functioning reduces the human spewing of greenhouse gases by three seconds in the course of a year. A three second reduction out of an entire year. That's what this whole facility does. How insane is that? How much could that possibly help? They continue or reduce the amount of sunlight, now we're getting to the point, coming into the atmosphere. Nobody's proposing relying solely on such tactics, but they could potentially help the planet in the short term. How's that going so far? The last 75 plus years of solar radiation management, the spraying of toxic elements into the sky to block some of the sun's incoming thermal energy while destroying the ozone layer, completely disrupting the hydrological cycle and contaminating the entire planet. Yeah, how's that going so far? The report then states, such approaches are usually called geoengineering and they're controversial. I wonder why. Many people worry about the unintended consequences of interfering with nature on a global scale. Why wouldn't we worry? Again, it's already... Catastrophic, and they're pretending it isn't even happening. They then state, quote, climate intervention, they say, is a useful term because it speaks to the problem it's aimed at climate and expresses the uncertainty involved. We're trying to influence a system, but we don't have a high degree of control. That's an understatement, like we would in an engineering context. They finish with this. In regard to geoengineering or climate intervention, the report states, quote, that we have quite a serious safety problem, potentially a catastrophic safety problem in terms of human life, displacement and suffering, and the natural systems that we rely on. That sounds a lot like a pharmaceutical commercial, doesn't it? Again, I've cited that numerous times. All the new pharmaceutical commercials that come out, you can watch a whole host of them that are new every day or every week with some new strangely named product Well, they're playing this fantasy music and listing the side effects that are so long and horrendous that you wonder what sort of completely head-in-the-sand individual would take such a product. And they're doing this to the planet without public knowledge or consent. If there's one thing we can accomplish at this late hour, if there's one thing that can truly matter more than anything else, it's to expose to populations that they have long since been subjected to a global experiment without their knowledge or their consent, an experiment from which there is no return. And if we can expose that, and every single weather cataclysm then becomes suspect because we can say with certainty that there is no way to make the argument that that event would have happened at that place at that time if climate intervention hadn't been interfering with the system for 75 plus years. And again, if we can expose that to populations would they take to the streets with their pitchforks and torches and would that expose many more atrocities with it? Atrocities that I'm not really at liberty to discuss on public forums anymore because of the censorship. If we could expose and halt climate engineering operations and we could let the planet respond to the damage already done from countless forms of human activity, it's not just climate engineering, it's a mistake for those who try to argue that, that's a very... Irrational argument, like finding a body in the street, given this example before, that's been beaten, run over, stabbed, shot, burned, and trying to make the argument they died of natural causes. That's how ludicrous the argument is that it's just climate engineering hurting the planet. Every form of human activity that's altering the energy balance of the planet and harming the planet's life support systems, and that list is immensely long, is a form of geoengineering, is a form of altering the planet's functionality. But if we could expose the intentional interference with the planet's life support systems, i.e. climate engineering, and allow the planet to respond to the damage done, we would at least have a chance of buying some time. And that's worth fighting for. As bad as all that sounds, the report I just cited is only referring to the climate chaos and collapse that climate engineering, quote, could create, i.e. is, and as long as it's been further fueling. What doesn't any corporate media report on climate engineering dare mention? that the tens of millions of tons of climate engineering nanoparticle elements being sprayed into our skies annually are highly toxic and highly bioavailable. They're easily absorbed and almost impossible to get rid of. How long can you hold your breath? How many have already succumbed? What other toxic elements might be in the aerosol mix? And how can we know? What would stop the controllers from dispersing anything they want into our skies? with the already long-since operational climate engineering dispersion operations. Answer, there's nothing to stop them from spraying anything they want, anytime they want. Next headline, related. Brussels Airlines runs 3,000 empty flights to maintain takeoff and landing slots, or at least so we're told. The airline's parent company, Lufthansa, operated 18,000 flights this winter that would otherwise have been grounded due to lack of passengers, including 3,000 flights, again, under the Brussels Airlines banner. That's 21,000 flights with these two entities alone that didn't need to fly. And are we to believe this is the only reason they're flying? Or in fact, is there much more going on? are all these commercial aircraft operations being kept up and running to facilitate the ever-accelerating climate engineering onslaught. And yes, we know commercial carriers are being used in climate engineering operations because we have up-close Photographs of retrofit spray nozzles mounted on the wing pylons and aimed directly into the exhaust jet stream so that so-called experts can tell us that it's all just condensation we're seeing that expands to cover our skies from horizon to horizon, a dirty, dingy aerosol cloud layer that is wreaking havoc on Earth's remaining life support systems and human health and the remaining web of life and not implicating commercial personnel. But their aircraft are, in fact, being used, and we're communicating with commercial pilots that are covertly distributing geoengineeringwatch.org 20-page fact and photo summary booklets everywhere they can, pilot lunchrooms, and so on. Up-close film footage taken at altitude further confirms everything I just stated. We have up-close film footage of these commercial aircraft turning dispersions on and off. You can't turn condensation on and off. The whole, quote, condensation trail narrative is perhaps... I don't want to say the biggest lie ever perpetrated on populations around the globe because now it has some very serious composition in the deception department, doesn't it? Nevertheless, this lie and all the lies need to be exposed, and we are rapidly running out of time to do so. One final footnote about commercial aircraft and the rapidly increasing climate engineering assault. As already stated on this broadcast, the Department of Defense is leasing Hundreds of commercial aircraft with commercial markings. Why? You decide. More on the bottom line of biosphere collapse. How bad is it? New from USA Today, Climate Point 2021 among the warmest and most disastrous years on record. Sounds bad, doesn't it? It's actually far worse. Back to what I cited at the beginning of this broadcast from climateactionaustralia.com. 2022 is going to be the most effed up year, F Star Star KED on planet Earth since 66 million years ago, watching the world go by. Again, this is their title, word for word, not mine. And I checked with my radio station producers to make sure I could, as best as I could, recite this title. From this report... We are now in the midst of the sixth great extinction, and we are the dinosaurs. 2022 is the year that the metaphorical asteroid will hit humanity and the planet. This is the year that the cataclysmic impacts of climate change, i.e. climate collapse, will strike in mass, being further fueled by climate engineering, by the way, affecting all species of plants and animals, no matter where they reside, air, sea, or land. The report continues, the decline of democratic ideals and the rise of hate is an inevitable consequence of misdirected ignorance and fear. We want something we can control, so we project our fear of the coming collapse of civilization onto a political party or candidate. The media-fueled public outrage machine creates and supports the silo of our choice, the it's just them narrative, followed by the lie of, if only our party had full power, all the problems would be solved. Autocracy is the consequence. Expect totalitarian governments. That time is now. In 2022, we can expect extreme heat and humidity to bring increasingly large parts of the planet nearer to the lethal wet bulb temperature. That's the point at which temperature and humidity combine to make it intolerable for the human organism. For those that don't know what that term means, those who can migrate will do so in earnest. Expect climate migration to get going at a scale never seen before as mobile populations look for refuge. Expect border battles to escalate as nations seal themselves off from the invading quote aliens. Expect. Heat heat, drought, and water wars to cause civil unrest, desperation, disease, and death among those who cannot migrate. Again, this report is from a climate science source. Their report continues, expect more people to become aware of the inevitability of the collapse of global industrial civilization in 2022. Expect more movement towards the bright green lies of wind, solar, hydro, geothermal, and nuclear. Expect more children and working poor to be enslaved in lithium and cobalt mines to feed the first world hunger for clean, so-called clean energy among the wealthy. Owning a Tesla and having a solar rooftop with battery backup, will be the symbol for having done your part to save the planet. What an absolute travesty that notion is. And again, I'm on wind, solar, and hydro, all three of which, of these alternate forms of energy, they're not renewable forms of energy, not by any stretch. They're alternate forms of energy that are better than outright burning of hydrocarbon fuels, yes, but certainly not, quote, renewable. All three forms Of This energy are greatly diminished by climate engineering, which is reducing direct sunlight thus reducing solar PV output reducing overall wind although they can create massive wind energy where they need it by altering atmospheric pressure zones But overall global wind flows are down thus we have a condition now called global stilling in addition to global dimming and the disruption of the hydrological cycle is reducing hydropower output climate engineering from every conceivable direction, pounding the nails into our collective coffins. And as far as the toxic rain goes, it doesn't help a forest recover. In Northern California, now that we've had a significant amount of rainfall so far this year, it's broken up by intense periods of UV radiation, and the rain itself is toxic, killing soil microbiome, killing root systems. Forest is not recovering at all, nor is it going to in any time frame that matters. And the Primary weapon in the northern hemisphere for climate engineering at this point is engineering winter weather whiplash scenarios via atmospheric pressure zone manipulation, which steers upper level wind currents, which steers moisture, and that moisture is then seeded with patented processes of chemical ice nucleation elements. Search the engineering winter section at the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more, but this is a primary component of climate engineering operations that none of are yet willing to acknowledge, except geoengineeringwatch.org, and I hope this changes. We need all those sources and sites that claim to be in the fight to expose and halt climate engineering. We need them to acknowledge this core aspect of climate engineering, which they are completely denying, and actually helping to cover the tracks of the climate engineers by pretending the engineered winter weather events are somehow a sign of global cooling, or a or solar minimum, or coming ice age, or all these narratives that are so absurdly false, So verifiably incorrect that those that are pushing these narratives, again, are simply pushing the narrative the climate engineers want them to push, which helps cover the tracks of the climate engineers when we have these scenarios where regions go from record high temperatures of 70 and 80 degrees sometimes in the middle of winter to snow in a single day. And then they rebound back when the moisture is gone and the chemically nucleated elements are gone. A lot of headlines to cover in this arena because they are inflicting this type of weather warfare all over the globe. Let's start with this. Thousands of vehicles stranded, at least 20 dead amid Pakistan snowstorm. Again, anomalous events, great toll. And this doesn't even count the toll to the forest, the wildlife, the infrastructure. Another headline, same theme. Incoming snowstorm, ice to pummel eastern U.S. From that report, a potent storm. Pummeling Atlantic Canada late this week will lead to, quote, winter weather mayhem, end quote. Where have I heard terms like that before? What part are they leaving out? Engineered, i.e. completely engineered, winter weather mayhem. Via atmospheric, again, pressure zone manipulation and patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding. Next theatrical headline from AccuWeather. That is specifically crafted to give the American population the impression of cold, 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 while much of the rest of the planet is in total meltdown. Here's the headline. Eastern U.S. on alert for a thumping from another major winter storm. In that report, AccuWeather forecasters are putting a large segment of the eastern United States on notice for another major winter storm expected to hit the days in the days ahead. The wintry weather will be the result of a disruptive storm that will bury the heartland under heavy snow, then unleash substantial snow and ice. I mean, the manner in which they try to explain all this is with a very, very obvious agenda across parts of the southeast before taking an unusual route to the north from sunday into monday as it makes the trek north it will trigger heavy snow ice and rain throughout the mid-atlantic central appalachians and new england they then state the path of the storm is predicted to take an extremely rare course in that it will dive well into the south and southeast across the central states before making a sharp turn to the north and northeast along the atlantic seaboard according to AccuWeather Meteorologist. Let's clarify exactly what's going on here. The moisture that's feeding what's going to be the engineered snow that they are scheduling for the southeast, that moisture is coming from the record warm Gulf of Mexico and they are pretending it is coming from the north. It is not. It's going to come from the south as so many of the so-called winter storms have come from the south. Thus you have the warm side of the winter storm and the cold side of the winter storm. It's simply moisture that's far above freezing levels should not naturally nucleate. It is Bombarded with chemical ice nucleating elements and at a certain point with an ice storm transition between the warmer precipitation and the frozen material that falls, It's now called snow. This is what's occurring as they chemically nucleate this moisture. They continue atmospheric conditions, including the position of the jet stream, manipulation of upper level wind currents I already talked about, and different pieces of energy will come together in such a way that it is likely to do just that, what's already been described. On top of this, they state, the storm is likely to strengthen rapidly as it moves along. It could intensify quickly enough to become what meteorologists refer to as a bomb cyclone. How often do we see that term now? Again and again and again. Because they increasingly have to enhance these events with wind, which enhances the endothermic reacting properties of chemical ice nucleating elements. Thus, this statement from the AccuWeather Report. The bomb cyclone could enhance the impacts as the storm pounds the northeast they then state the storm has the potential to pack a punch with a period of heavy snow on its cold northwestern flank i.e the cold side of the so-called winter storm and heavy rain or heavy snow changing terrain on its warmer southeastern side Warm side of a, cold winter storm, and a cold side of a, cold winter storm. Winter storm being fueled yet again with moisture out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico, this parade of theatrically named so-called winter storm engineered from top to bottom. They then state, in some areas, rain is likely to take over at the height of the storm. At the height of the so-called winter storm, why would it start raining? Here's why. Because the climate engineers likely anticipate that their chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations will not be able to keep up with the strong flows of moisture from the record-warm Gulf of Mexico. Next headline. Multiple sources. Record-setting snowfall blitzes Buffalo. Again, the theatrical terms they use to try to sensationalize these engineered events. This report states intense lake effect snow. Why do we have so much lake effect snow? Because the Great Lakes are are also record-warm. And for the record... A cubic meter of, for example, seawater can contain 4,000 times the energy of a cubic meter of air. Keep that in mind. Water bodies are the bottom-line barometer of Earth's actual temperature. More on that in a moment. But they continue... Intense lake effect snow bans pummeled buffalo and surrounding areas of western New York, producing record-breaking snowfall. They love to put that kind of headline out, even if it's in a tiny geographic area. Creating whiteout conditions on the roadways in areas that have been in the midst of a snow drought so far this winter. It seems that Mother Nature, wouldn't be climate engineering, would it, has finally found the switch to turn on the lake effect snow machine. A lot Between the lines on that one, isn't there? Cold air and brisk winds off the Great Lakes. Again, there's the winds. Promoted the persistent snow bands that produced highly localized, just stated that, but hefty snowfall amounts. Created the images and the headlines they wanted. Next headline on the same theme. Snowstorm likely to take southern detour after burying Midwest. Went over part of this earlier. Substantial snowstorm poised to unload hefty accumulations over parts of the plains and Midwest late this week and early This weekend. And it won't stop there. AccuWeather forecasters warn that it may go on to bring snow and ice, leading to the potential for dangerous travel conditions across parts of the southeast. Again, about the snow. Full of surfactants. Surfactants are what make soap soap. Surfactants are used in climate engineering operations to keep the particulate matter from sticking together or coagulating. Soap-soaked snow. Yes, much more dangerous than naturally nucleated snow. Of course it would be. Next headline from multiple sources. Drop in temperatures after Oman records two months' worth of rain in a few hours. Again, the heavy moisture flows necessary for climate engineering, chemical ice nucleating operations. Another headline. Coldest air of the season to send Midwest, Northeast into deep freeze. They state brutally cold air from the Arctic is making its way through the north central states and into the Northeast. Monday morning's temperatures in Minnesota were on par with temperatures measured at the North Pole. International falls dropped down to negative 22 Fahrenheit, while Duluth fell to 18 Fahrenheit. The cold air rushing over the warmer lakes will allow for lake-effect snow showers to expand south and east of the Great Lakes. Again, the same scenario, record warm bodies of water, and they're pushing the cold, 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 shallow surface layer, much warmer up in the atmosphere, and watch the Weather Channel paid disinformation agents try to explain all this away. It is, if it wasn't so dire, it would be comical. If you learn about chemical ice nucleation operations, if you go through the Engineering Winter section at geoengineeringwatch.org, and understand these processes of climate engineering, and then you watch the individuals at, for example, the Weather Channel try to cover the tracks of the climate engineers, it is ludicrous. And they know they're lying. There's no question they know they're lying. And I personally don't understand how such people look themselves in the mirror. I truly don't. In Northern California, after weeks of climate engineering, chemical ice nucleating, cloud seeding surface cool downs, that again was possible due to the constant flow of moisture finally being allowed to flow into the state. Temperatures have not surprisingly rebounded to nearly 70 degrees last week, Reading had nighttime lows pushing 50 degrees. And with each passing day, the long-term forecast changes for the whole six weeks in front of that, with predicted temperatures being constantly raised. And yet one part of the so-called long-term forecast for a significant time did not change. They showed snow again coming to show up on the 25th of January. And the scheduled snow-rain mix, they showed lasting for 11 days. In the surrounding suburbs of Reading, But that all changed again. All of that's gone. It goes from such extreme predictions of the next scheduled snowstorm to being completely eliminated because, quite simply, the climate engineers are chasing a ball downhill. They lost whatever control they thought they had, and they never did have any. It was just climate disruption operations. And now the planet's in a full-blown runaway climate collapse scenario, and they're simply trying to mask it by chemically nucleating every bit of moisture they can put their aircraft over. That's exactly what's going on. And no matter how radical the weather gets, no matter how bad the conditions, no matter how many dead and burned forests, no matter how many crop failures, the majority continue to pretend that the shockingly visible climate engineering operations in our skies aren't really there. Countless criminals in the halls of academia and corporate media fortify the deception on all fronts. We live in an asylum. So aside from the constant onslaught of chemical ice nucleation, winter weather warfare events, what else is being reported? Not because the criminals are actually interested in the truth, but because some truths can no longer be hidden. From Reuters.com, this, climate-fueled permafrost thaw threatens up to half of Arctic infrastructure. The report states thawing permafrost could... Put as much as 50% of the Arctic infrastructure at high risk of damage by 2050, requiring tens of billions of dollars in maintenance and repairs, scientists warned on Tuesday. Well, again, a completely false report here. Not going to make it to 2050 or 2040 or 2030 on the current course. How can we leap out of the train before impact? Because the bottom line is this. The human race, taken as a whole, is a train wreck unfolding at blinding speed. We've laid waste to our miracle planet in the geologic blink of an eye. The entire global system of everything is completely manipulated by a cancerous core of the criminally insane. A cancer that is now completely metastasized into every imaginable aspect of our increasingly nightmarish reality. A cancer that will not stop behaving like a cancer until the host is dead, i.e., Planet Earth and all of us. Can it be stopped? How can we know unless or until enough of the human race decides to fully face the darkening horizon and properly prioritize the time we have left? After over 20 years of nonstop slogging in this endless effort to sound the alarm, battle fatigue has numerous times been a hurdle I've had to overcome. But I have, and I will continue to. When I trek into the rapidly dying forests that surround my northern California off-grid home with a parade of climate engineering jets spewing out their filth in the once brilliant skies above, when I meditate for a few moments at the base of an ancient 500-year-old fir tree that is barely clinging to life due to the onslaught of contaminated rain and the now scorching UV radiation from the disintegrating ozone layer, when I bear witness to the last surviving creatures in the forest, I feel the deepest upwelling of pain. My heart bleeds, but I turn my angst and exhaustion into a controlled rage that keeps me marching forward in this fight. When I was 14 years old, circumstances placed the writings of the Stoic philosophers in my path. The Stoics thought that exercising our creator-given gifts of reason, logic, and morality was not just an option, but our absolute obligation. Many spiritual traditions have arrived at the same conclusions, though Few practice them. Nearly 2,000 years ago, the Stoic philosopher Epictetus stated this, "...the condition and characteristic of an ordinary person is that they never look for either help or harm from themselves. The condition and characteristic of a philosopher, i.e. an individual on a mission of self-growth, is that they look to themselves for all help or harm. How long, then, Epictetus states, will you delay to demand of yourself the noblest of improvements?" under no circumstances to transcend the judgments of reason. For what other master, the Stoic stated, then do you wait as an excuse for this delay in self-reformation? If, therefore, you will be negligent and slothful and always add procrastination to procrastination, you will, without realizing it, continue to accomplish nothing, and thus living and dying will remain of an ordinary mind. This instant, then, Epictetus states, Think yourself worthy of living as a mature individual that is making progress. Question, isn't that why we are here? To make progress, to make a difference to the degree that we can given our individual circumstances? As I stated at the closing of the geoengineeringwatch.org documentary, The Dimming, any one of us could be the final grain of sand that triggers the landslide of awakening. The Stoic teachings did not deny a creator. To the contrary, they challenged us to ponder Countless miracles of nature, which logic would lead us to conclude, came at the hands of a Creator. If we have the ability to make a difference, and we all do at some level and on some scale, then we are obligated to exercise our abilities, whatever they may be, to try and make a difference for the better. The biblical parable of the talents sends the same message, as do other spiritual traditions. We are not allowed to warm a church pew with our backside doing nothing while waiting to be saved. Why are we here if not to fully apply ourselves to the mission of making a difference, of playing our individual part in the play? Life holds no guarantees. It never has. And at best, life is a seasonal occupation. Question, what do you want to be found doing when the season ends, when your part in the play is over? Our only responsibility in this life is to do our best, to do our best, to do what's right because it's right. So long as we are still here, so long as we are still standing, it's not too late to make a difference. Every single individual that is awakened to the wider horizon by our collective efforts matters in ways that we can't truly know or understand. We're not alone in this fight, not by a long shot. We must all stand together as we face the gathering storm. To learn more about how you can effectively and efficiently make a difference, check the Activist Suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Never give up. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.